Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Heart Over High podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shamar Charles. This podcast focuses on the goal of providing unique and culturally sensitive perspectives on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health and wellness. Our goal is to provide you with the best millennial and Gen Z health news you can use. If you like this podcast, follow us on Instagram at hwhthepodcast and give us a rating of five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, without further delay, let's get started. Last week, I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing Stacey Pates, and we talked about love and dating. She dropped so many gems. One of the things that really stuck with me are how people interact on these online dating sites and how that mirrors how we interact with one another on social media. It made me think about how I interact with people on social media and how I have an either healthy sometimes or unhealthy relationship with social media depending on the day. To help me break this down, I reached out to one of my good friends, Julian Street. He reassured me that my relationship with social media isn't the worst in the world, but he also helped me to understand how to use it as a tool and how to look at all of the positive aspects of it. But I wanted to go even deeper. I wanted more insight from someone I didn't know. So I actually went on the media, I played Dr. Google, and I started researching for other people's journeys about how they cut social media and if they got any positive impact from it. And I found that there are a lot of people that had some amazing results. One of those people came from a very unlikely place. It was actually J. Cole. And I found an interview that he had with Angie Martinez where he discusses how he felt after he cut social media. So I want you all to listen to it because there's so many great nuggets here. So here's J. Cole's perspective on social media once he took a break from it. Enjoy. This is what I realized because I took a long break from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now that I'm back on it, I realized that some of the same stuff that I didn't like about it before, not because of other people, but because of myself, things that I see and make me feel a certain type of way, boom, boom, boom. I noticed that, like, the break didn't do anything. It's still there. It's still there. So this, so... Um, I realized that, you know, there's things that I beat in my life, like things that I had to like overcome just to like be a better person mm-hmm. for myself. Like, yo, I don't like, I don't like the fact that I'm doing this. Let me stop doing it. But guess what? It's not, it's not just as easy as like, oh, let me stop. No, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, those things I attack head on, like putting myself in situations where it's like, let's say drinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just stop drinking. It's not that I won't drink. Like, if it's your birthday we and I'm toast. with you, yeah. cold, have a drink. I do it. It's not like, no, I just don't drink. But I noticed I was in a point in my life where it was like, I felt like I had to. Like, whenever I was going out, it was just natural. Oh, just let me get a drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me get a drink. We on tour every day. Let's get a drink. Mm-hmm. Which seemed inconsequential to me, right? Um, but then I started to notice around the time I was like, yo, what, what am I doing this for? Like, why am I doing this? And then tracing back all the things the in my life. That, mm-hmm. Where did it start? Where in my childhood? Where did it come from? And I was like, let me stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was my man's birthday. This was 2015. And um, I was like, I'm going to just try tonight. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to drink. And this is like unheard of. You know, in my life, it's like, yo. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like, 
Right. I would never even would have thought the day would have came where I would have stopped, stopped drinking because to me it wasn't a big deal, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But this is when I noticed it was a big deal because when I tried to go out that night and like not drink, I could feel the pull and the tug. It wasn't like I was like, yo, I ain't drinking no more. And it was like, cool. oh, easy. Yeah. No problem. No. I felt the pull and the tug for mad long, like putting myself in these situations. And when I noticed that pull and that tug, that like, that my body, my mind was telling me like, yo. And then I was like, damn, I want to like, have a drink. That's what let me know like, oh, mm. like something's there, right? So I say all of that to say, I kept putting myself in situations or finding myself in situations where like I would want to drink. Mm. And this is a small example I'm giving you because it's kind of inc- inconsequential. I feel, you know really, in I feel really guilty that this James is my tea right now. No, you're, on va- <laughs> you're on vacation. I know. Don't forget that. I'm like, did I feel a pulse to put this James in my tea? No, my bad. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not trying okay, to feel like fine. that. I'm just, no, I'm fine. saying that to say, I didn't like how, how it was making me feel. Mm-hmm. So I attacked it head on. Put, I kept finding myself in situations where... I would want to do that, right? Yeah. And every time I said no and was successful, I felt more empowered. Like I felt like I was beating whatever this little thing was that had this like pull on me, right? Yeah. Every time I would say no. But I feel like it's because I put myself right there. This is a very long explanation for social media, but it's coming around. No, I get it. I got stronger because I faced it head on like, and, and empowered myself through every time I was like, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like something, you know, it's my man wedding or something. I'm just like... Now, somewhere where it's like, yo, you got to take it. I'm just like, nah, I'm, I'm not drinking no more. I've, I got more empowered like, and stronger, right? right? I say with social media, I was off it for so long that I thought that like, oh, I had beat this addiction. You know what I mean? Like I had, I had beat this thing. Um, and then I got back on it and I realized like, oh, nah, you just took a break. I didn't face it like head on. You know what I mean? And I know I'm putting a lot of How do of, you like, do that though? How do, I, how do I face it head on? Yeah. I think I have to, um, I'm dealing with it right now. Yeah, you haven't figured it all out. The, the, the fix in the past would have been like, I'm just getting off this shit. I think the fix right now is like, no, let me get on it and figure out to feel, to become conscious of the pull or, or the feelings. The same way when I was in the party or at my man's wedding or wherever mm-hmm. I am, where it's like, yo, I gotta have a drink with you one more. But I've already made a personal decision that I'm not gonna do that. I gotta feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. And then the more aware I become of that feeling, like the more I'm in control and I'm, I'm like uh, above it as mm-hmm. opposed to being like a slave to it or pulled by it, right? Yeah, no, I get it. So I feel like with social media or, and just my phone in general, but really social media since I got back on, it's like, what is this pull to like, why I keep checking this shit every five minutes? <laughs> like ten, every 10 minutes, what am I checking? So it's like noticing that. Uh-huh. Being in the crib, being at the show, and, and noticing, catching myself, being aware. Same way we talked about the meditation in the beginning. Uh-huh. Just being conscious of the fact that, like, yo, there's an urge right now to pick up my phone. And even if I wasn't on social media, I had to get, we had, a, like, a group chat, like a WhatsApp group chat that we got. Right. I had to get out of that for a minute. That'll I felt get the you, same too. Thing. Yeah, but now I'm you. back. I got the same thing with that. I'm back in the chat, and, like, I can see, yo, this is pulling me. Like this has control over me, and these things seem like incon, you know, and you're an and you're an evolved human. Imagine for like, you know, a young person or or kids who grow up in that and don't even know a way to not be on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, hundred percent. Like I, I know life without it. You know life without it, and also you're like a thoughtful person to even think about yourself and how you're acting. You know, if you're a young kid and this is all you know, 
It's like, how do you get, how do you pull yourself out of that? You can't. It's like impossible for them. It's, it's not, not impossible. It's, it's not impossible. But, but somebody has to tell them. Yes. Agreed. That, that there's even something. Somebody has to make you aware that something's even pulling your strings. That's what I don't like. I don't like something pulling my strings. Mm -hmm. I want to be in full control. If I'm making this decision, it's because I'm consciously saying, yo, I want to do this and I'm okay with the repercussions. Right. If social media, I don't like the repercussions. I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm allowing other people's thoughts to become my thoughts. I feel like I'm diving into other people's business. I feel like I'm, there's good from it. I feel like it's a, you know, it's a news source. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like communication. Communication. I feel like there's positives of it, but the negatives, I don't like. So it's like, it's on me to say, let me get back control of this. That was deep, right? At least I think it was. And definitely something that I think many of us can relate to. So after listening to this interview, I got to thinking about this pull that J. Cole kept referring to. And I think he was referring to the subtle pull of addiction. So here's an explanation of what happens to our brains when we become too consumed with the likes and comments on our Instagram feeds. This explanation is from The Skim. If scrolling through your social media feed feels like a drug you can't get away from, that's because it kind of is. When something makes you feel good, your brain responds by producing a chemical called dopamine. Drinking alcohol, smoking a cigarette, seeing someone you love, all of that equals dopamine. Getting a like on your Facebook post, yep, that produces dopamine too. Back when humans looked more like Geico cavemen, our brains started developing with a pack mentality. Meaning if everyone in the pack likes you, your brain responds one way. And if everyone in the pack votes you off the island, your brain responds in a different way. Fast forward to today, your Instagram feed is where your friends tell you they like your girlfriend, approve of your outfit. That approval gives you dopamine, which is why 10 seconds after you close the app, your instinct is to open it again. So before you lay in bed at night scrolling through photos, remember that your brain is wired to think that likes on Insta are just as important as someone liking you in real life. Except likes on Insta are not all that fulfilling. Research has shown that people experience cognitive dissonance when their actions don't reflect their belief. That's why more likes doesn't necessarily equal more self-love. After the rush of our ego being stroked fades, our insecurities remain. Instead, I think a better way to think about likes are to really think of it like a drug. Think of it like sugar. Sugar is just empty calories we don't need, even though having it may make us feel good for a short while. But if there's anyone to blame for our addiction to digital drugs, it's Mark Zuckerberg. Here's a different explanation on how social media impacts our brains from the inverse. Ever wonder what exactly is driving me to post a picture of my brunch? It's kind of sad. Literally. I'm Shannon O'Dell, at Shodell, and I'm a neuroscience PhD candidate, and this is your brain on social media. As of the end of 2017, Facebook has 2.2 billion users. Users report that they're on Facebook for two reasons, to connect with people and to manage and control the impression they make on others. Evolution favors people who like belonging to a group because it comes with a variety of survival advantages, including obtaining food, finding a mate, and increased safety. Our brains are rich in regions associated with social processing and reward. These areas include the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, the ventral striatum, and the ventral tegmental area. People also use Facebook to control and measure their own self-image. Users give feedback to each other using the coveted like, which catapults us to another hot topic in social neuroscience. The like is thought to be directly linked to the social reward pathway. 
everything from the color of the notification to the placement of the counter has been selected by Facebook engineers to have maximum impact on the reward centers of the brain. Whoa, am I addicted to Facebook? One study found that when presented with Facebook-related images, subjects showed increased activation of the amygdala and the striatum, two areas heavily associated with addiction. Luckily, it found Facebook addiction-like behavior had no association with lowered prefrontal activity or lowered inhibition pathway, which is a central hallmark of substance-related addictions. So should I leave Facebook? A recent study found that after deactivating Facebook for five days, subjects show decreased cortisol levels, suggesting that leaving Facebook for just under a week is enough to lower your daily stress level. Further, Facebook may aid in school learning, as some studies have found that students who use Facebook to interact with the course material and classmates reported higher grades on tests and better overall performance in class. And I'll drink to that, right? Mm. Ugh, yeah, that still sucks. Yeah, I love when it's cold. Ever wonder what exactly is driving me to post a picture of my brunch? One study reported that an increase in sharing photographs and videos on Instagram is correlated to feelings of loneliness. It seems counterintuitive, but it appears that introverts are more likely to post. Another study found that feelings of confidence and extroversion were linked to an increased likelihood of liking and commenting on others' photos. An fMRI study in teens showed that a group was much more likely to think a photo was good if it had more likes, regardless of the content. The exact same photo, edited to show fewer likes, was consistently rated to be worse. The same fMRI study found that when viewing a photo with more likes, subjects showed increased activation in the visual cortex, suggesting that we actually pay closer attention to photos with more likes. When subjects viewed their own photos, reward pathway activation increased when photos were accompanied with high amounts of likes. So please, for my brain's sake, would you like this photo? Twitter is a microblogging platform, but do users actually believe all the information they get off of Twitter? One study found that users were less likely to be swayed by false information when it was given in a Twitter-like format, which in this world is a very good thing. Scientists have shown that there is a neural pathway underlying the successful spread of ideas, aka the science of the retweet. One lab found that more successful or viral ideas are associated with increased activation in a brain region known as the temporoparietal junction, or TPJ. The TPJ is thought to be important in the process of mentalizing, or when you think about how others think and feel. So, this study suggests that creating retweetable tweets has less to do with how many think pieces you read on the topic, and more about how you understand how others think and feel. So, I guess from now on, I'll be tweeting with you guys in mind. So now that we're all experts on how social media affects the brain, it's time to bring in some everyday perspective. Julian, what are your general thoughts on social media? I think it's a, I think it's a tool that we don't look at as a tool. I think that we uh, it's it's become it's a tool that's become so ubiquitous and uh, and, and and so it's so normal that we forget it is a tool, and that uh, you know the overall like emotional um, effects of it. It's from our day-to-day -day life, I don't know if we're actually just being aware of, of what's happening to us uh, when, we're, when we're using these tools. I feel like I'm aware that social media is all around us, but it, to me at least, its impact is insidious. 
I find that the first thing I do in the morning is check my phone. So instead of waking up in the morning and creating, I'm reacting. Besides going cold turkey, especially on the obvious shit, how do I increase my awareness around my social mm. media use? That's a good question because I think that's 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 more personal than the actual social social media of it. Um, and the personal part is uh, is practicing awareness. You know, like how how often can you go through life and be aware of what what's happening? Like right now we're talking, and we know that we're talking, right? So when you're waking up in the morning and let's say just a person who grabs a phone very fast and that's just a habit, like how can you be aware that when I wake up, I grab the phone? If, if, it's, a, if it's a habit, if it's just, you know, it's an action that you do uh, unconsciously, right? So um, I think that that awareness starts before social media and it should be like a, a daily practice period, um, you know, to, to, to find that, that self-awareness. And that's bigger than social media. That's, that's just in general. For me, I get there through meditation. Um, I get there through um, through my meditation, just like being aware of how I'm feeling. And then when I'm feeling that, allowing myself to feel it and sometimes asking myself, what is the cause of this feeling? And, or if I don't like this feeling, how can I change it? And normally that, that helps me. I swear I was listening to an interview with Angie Martinez and J. Cole. I actually used a bit of it in my intro and he said the same thing. Oh, wow. He talked about this pull of social media and how important it was for him to be present so that he could be aware of the pull mm-hmm. and then he could react accordingly to it. That's not me, though. I notice that social media is all around me, but I rarely check in. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, how can I get to a place of using social media in a healthy way mm-hmm. if I've never actually been reflective about how I use it? I mean, the, I think the reflective part is 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 okay. Like there should be some intentionality there. Like some intentionality for you is okay there. And and that it's such a it's such a like I, I like to think about it like a like a creative approach to social. Like I had a conversation um recently, I'm hearing like a reverb. I had a conversation recently with somebody on social. It bled into my real life where I I, I expressed my my frustrations with my girlfriend. And, and it was there, it was real. The, the energy was real, the emotions were real. I forgot about it after we, after we shared our conversation, just to go on Twitter and see a notification that the women who I was engaged with have replied to me, right? Now, my girlfriend knows that my notifications on Twitter are silent, I don't have them. So I didn't even know that they replied and it was 20 hours ago, right? And that's, to me, that is the intentionality of that's okay. That's okay. It's not an email where let me try to get back to this person within 24 hours. It's a thread. It's a notification. You could just see where, where, where were we when we left off? It doesn't have to be instant for me. And if they don't come back to the conversation, that's fine. I don't care because I'm intentional about it for me. That's how it works for me. I didn't miss out on the sale. I didn't miss out on the moment. Like, it's a tool. Right, but you have a lot of people out there who are chasing the carrot. They're chasing the next like. They're chasing the next comment. They're chasing the thread. They can't pull themselves away from the from the screen. That's what we're talking about. This is like real life addiction. So that's where I'm at. I'm wondering, how do we break ourselves away from this mild addiction that's literally insidious in nature? Sometimes we don't even notice that we're doing it. And I get being intentional, but there are so many times where we're just acting reflexively and we're not intentional. You seem to have a pretty good hold on things. And 
you seem to know how to use social media as a tool and when to disconnect. But I have to admit that it's hard when you're not taught how to use social media as a tool, or at least uh, we're not taught how to use it efficiently. So uh, we're constantly blurring the lines of the digital world and reality. And that's where I think it's not healthy. Well, for me, just me personally, I'll tell you what, I, what I've done that helps, that helps me out a lot. Number one, um, I, uh, I don't have notifications on everything. Number two, certain platforms, Twitter specifically, where I don't have any notifications on, um, even Instagram, I don't have notifications on. Um, Twitter specifically, the thought leaders that I want to hear, I, I, I get the notifications for them in a certain type of thread. I've been able to set that up on accident so I could just see all the shit that they said because there's a lot of people that talk in marketing, health, business, stocks, and I, I, I prefer to see what they're talking about. I can just click on a button and see what they've been talking about over several days. Um, that's 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 number three. Number number four, I guess in general, no matter what platform I'm on, I've created a personal boundary for me because it's a tool, meaning I use this tool for me. Um, that when I start to feel an emotion that I don't want to feel, I hop the fuck off. That's a personal boundary for me. One emotion that I feel that I, I, I struggle with is uh, sometimes it's envy, sometimes, but a lot of times it's just anxiousness or anxiety. Uh, if I don't, I could give reason to it. Like maybe it's a competitive nature in me. I'm following a bunch of ambitious people and I'm like, oh man, look at Shamar. He just did this thing with his podcast. The, the the insecure brain is like, well, shit, you didn't do that thing with your business. Uh, uh, man, you need to get on it like Shamar. I'm the awareness that I practice outside of social media. As soon as I have that feeling, I cut it off. I'm off. I'm off it. I'm off it. Because that's an energy that I don't want to perpetuate. Shamar's not the, the reason why I feel that way. I'm the reason I'm feeling this way. But this tool is not giving me that. So, like... To, to reverse engineer that, if I got a thread full of all these ambitious people giving me tips and this and that and that, and I'm going there for that, and then my free-flowing thread, or even that thread, makes me feel a certain energy that I don't want to feel, then I get off of that. That's like, that's not that's not good for my diet. That's not good for me. Um, I, I, so but that's like eating for you. That's like sugar. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, like, the minute it, it doesn't make you feel good, you are you're checking moment to moment. This is crazy for me because this is like the same advice that I would give to my patients, right? Like if you're eating something and it doesn't make you feel good, it's weighing you down, it's making you slow, you're a little bit like foggy in terms of like your cognition. You gotta slow down on it or you gotta eliminate it completely. Think about it like this. If you're walking through a street, you walking through a neighborhood, a peaceful walk down a neighborhood, and then you go, you turn on one street and you see a gang of wild dogs, and you and it makes you feel panicky and scared. And you know, let's say you know that all you have to do is turn down a different street and they won't be there. Would you stay on the street of the gang of wild dogs that make you feel panicky and fearful? Like that street for me would be like, oh, this is making me feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not handling my business. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm jealous of this or, oh, I'm, I'm anxious because I need to do that. Or, you know, or uh, this, uh, this, 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 um, this, this trending crazy event in you know uh uh australia is making me feel like i should do more for that community you know what i'm saying like i know in the grand scheme of things I, I got i got family in texas who just went through what they went through everybody's emergency is not my emergency but i can still feel the anxiousness of someone else's emergency bring back our girls 
oh shit, this person's missing. Like, what the fuck? They're missing in Indiana. What can you really do, Julian? Did you really just retweet it? But or but you but you still holding on to that that energy, right? So I turn down that street. I see those wild dogs. I go down the next street. Let me let me hop off of this. I don't like the way that's making me feel, right? And so that's 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 it. That's a that's a form of awareness and a boundary for me. And I mean that's one boundary, but that's a secondary boundary after not having the notifications because everybody messaging me on this is it's not urgent. Half the time it's not, and I had to get used to that, especially when people share things in stories, which we know are made to be in the moment. And so if the story expires, hey, I just missed it, bro. I'm okay with that. What did it say? I don't remember what it said. Well, if you don't remember what the fuck it said, why are you sharing it? <laughs> or, 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 or was it really that important? Was it really that impactful for you not to remember it? And that's an empty calorie. That's a waste of time. I mean, it's, it's gonna result in a double light, uh, pulling me from my attention to this shit. And we both forget later on, or and now it takes me another five to ten minutes to get back to what I was doing and refocus. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'll check it when I'm on the can. Have Ooh. you taken a social media vacation? Like, have you felt like you needed to take an extended pause? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've taken a social media vacation. Um, uh, yes, the longest that I've been off of uh, social media is about nine months and I did that right before I met Shadonis. Um, I did that right before the pandemic. It was supposed to be one month. It was supposed to be just one month. And I got, and I started liking that shit. <laughs> like I just started liking it. And then it went, it went to three months and before I knew it, I was like, damn, we have month seven. And yeah, and so, yeah, I was just like, okay, this is cool, you know? And uh, it's, it's funny, like, cause I, I missed all these challenges and all these trending things. I, re I started to realize I didn't really miss much of shit, you know, like I was, I was, you may was not have out. cared about them challenges, but did you feel left out? I, I did feel left out. I did. I felt, I felt left out, but like, I also felt clear. You know what I'm saying? I felt like, I felt busy. Honestly, I felt busy as hell. I was like, God damn, think about all the shit I've been neglecting. Like this stuff requires a lot of attention. Like, cause you feel that's the thing though. And, and that and that and that is a counter thing. You feel those, you feel those pockets with other things, and then you wonder, well, damn, how long has it been since I've done this? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I normally would spend, you know, let's say I just spent an hour a day on social media or an hour and thirty minutes a day, and then when you don't have it, now you got a free hour and thirty minutes. It's not like oh, I got a free hour and thirty minutes to sleep. You fill that with something else. So now you're cooking, now you're running, now you're talking to your friends, now you, you know, for me, smoking a cigar, whatever, whatever. And it's just like, oh, I filled that with something else. And it gets filled so fast to where you just be like, damn, I thought I couldn't go on without this thing. This is a part of my regular life. And, and then so when you get back in it, you do feel like a new kid in a new school, but you also feel like it's just a bunch of noise and maybe it's not that for you. Or maybe these kids at this school aren't as cool as they think they are. You know, so I just come and go when I want to. It's just a tool. Like, it's literally just a tool. Ah, Julian, you give me such great advice when I go through these fuck social media stages. I think we all go through them, but, you know, I go through them a little bit uh, more often than the average person. Uh, but, yeah, you always remind me that we got to use social media as a tool. That's all it is. And it's just one tool in our tool belt. You know, interpersonal communication, that's another tool. Spending quality time, that's another tool. Reading a good book, that's another tool. And like, we really gotta engage in all those things to be, uh, be well-rounded individuals. I'll tell you some ways the tool that's helping me recently. 
a, a new a new a new discovery, bro. Um, I wish I, I had the the phone on. I could show you, but I just got two new chairs. Matter of fact, you want me to show you real quick? I'm gonna flip it. Um, so like this is uh this is the living room now. I got like all these new chairs, and I got those um on Facebook Marketplace, right? And so, you know, all these social media uh, companies, these multi-billion dollar companies, they have these algorithms. And so it's just showing me things that I like, right? So I'm, I'm aware that, yo, if I, if I save enough things that are leather, that are tufted, that have an antique look to it, which is my, some street shit, then that's all they're gonna show me. And it's gonna be the best prices. <laughs> and so the algo shows me what I wanna see, the prices I wanna see. And I'm just like, yeah, this is the easy, this is the easiest way to decorate a home. Go on Facebook, click on a whole bunch of shit you like, and they're gonna show you all the shit you like for the low. I bought the I bought the two of those chairs for 50 bucks. Why am I not surprised that you being the hood philosopher you are would manipulate the algorithm so that it could serve you? Man, just a genius. But thank you so much, J Street. You always bring such a wealth of knowledge to the game. Really appreciate you, everyone who's listening. The three lessons that I think that I've gotten here are intentionality, be intentional, be present, understand your social media use. The second thing is meditate, right? We want to be deeply reflective about all the things that we're doing, not just on social media, but in our lives. And number three, use social media as a tool. It's a powerful tool. It can help you. It can bring your business to the next level. It can bring your social connections to the next level. But it can, it can also, as you guys see in uh, Jay Street's case, it can also get you some pretty nice stuff on Facebook Marketplace. In any case, thank you everyone for listening. Stay safe, wear a mask, and if it's possible, get vaccinated. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.